So I'm from Caracas, Venezuela. Mm -hmm. uh, I was born there in the early 80s. Uh, my father was a Jesuit priest and my mother uh, is a physician. In 93, we moved to the States because my parents were doing graduate work. Okay. And it wasn't until later that I realized just like the impact that had on me. So uh, leaving when I was 11 to the US and just the experience of being an immigrant. Am I Venezuelan? Am I American? Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. I was born and raised in the US in Michigan, outside mm -hmm. of Detroit. Um, but my parents, you know, immigrated from Egypt many years ago and we would spend our summers there. Mm. And um, yeah, I always felt like too American in Egypt and too Egyptian mm. in, American, in America, yeah. especially for me, like in a post 9-11 mm. environment where yeah. literally I felt like headlines every day were trying to tell me that these different parts of your identity cannot coexist yeah. um, and, and just trying to define me also as a Muslim woman. My brother in 2016, uh, Francisco Marquez, mm -hmm. uh, he was the chief of staff for a mayor in Venezuela, yeah. uh, David Smolansky. And back in 2016, uh, they were doing a recollection of signatures to try to oust Maduro. Yeah. You know, he got stopped by the National Guard. They found some cash and they found some pamphlets mm -hmm. for the opposition leader, Leopoldo Lopez. Yeah. And they said, uh-uh, you're not going anywhere. Meanwhile, my wife's pregnant with our first son. Wow. Uh, I wake up, my mom's like saying, uh, calling us saying like, your brother was arrested yeah. and we're like what the heck's happening yeah. and that became like my full-time job i mean i would spend 40 50 60 hours a week wow. trying to organize and i was able to kind of lead the international effort so i met with ex-presidents mm -hmm. state department officials mm -hmm. and so we raised like thirty thousand dollars so we were able to uh connect with people at the organization of american states yeah. and all these big places and we had this campaign and he was freed and when that happened i was like oh my god what, what a like so i would say like that was one of the, the things I'm most proud of, like mm -hmm. being able to, to be there for my brother. I feel like both like Egypt yeah. and Venezuela, right? Like people paint, uh, people have such a negative perception sometimes about mm -hmm. like the political situations in those countries yeah. and, and, you know, sometimes for good reason, but it's frustrating when you are trying to change that perception to feel like there's such a big uphill battle sometimes. Mm -hmm. I felt that most recently uh, the Venezuelan embassy was uh, taken over by yeah. Code Pink and yeah. I was so frustrated by Code Pink and other progressive liberals in the U.S. Yeah. that they just buy into the rhetoric of the dictatorship, yeah. you know, and that, that and that and I just like was just like folks, you know, like we have like forty non-Venezuelans like sitting in in mm -hmm. the Venezuelan embassy claiming that we don't want interventionism. And it's like do you right. see do you see the contradiction here? And like why yeah. don't you ask Venezuelans yeah. about what's happening? Exactly. And it was just very frustrating. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, I think it's it's yeah, it's just it's hard. I mean, I think that's why I do what I do because yeah. these feelings of uh, these strong emotions, people just being angry at each other. Mm -hmm. We can't stay there yeah. because that's not going to, if that happens, just, you know, the, the system's going to collapse like it is. Yeah. We have to transform that. I was actually living in Egypt when um, the revolution there began. Really? So I was, right? yeah. So after oh. I finished college uh, at Michigan state, I moved abroad to, to Egypt. So January, 2011, um, we had our break between semesters, um, at the university. And so about half of us in my group of 20, uh, were staying in Egypt and doing some sightseeing and half of us were traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went to visit Istanbul I had a friend okay. there and, and wanted to do some sightseeing. I, I left on January 28, 2011, okay. which is also my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was what's known as Yom al-Ghadab, actually, which means like the day of rage or the day of anger, oh, which wow. was the first really big day of protests really? in, you know, the, the time that um, a couple weeks later, you know, mm -hmm. brought down Hosni Mubarak. I went to Istanbul, um, you know, was on vacation, and mm -hmm. then I was told I couldn't go back to Egypt. Um, and I was kind of watching things from afar again wow. and had such mixed emotions mm. because I just remember... 
scrolling on Facebook and I saw so many people like of my friends, mm-hmm. right. Who were in the U S and other places, um, change their profile pictures to have like the Egyptian flag and solidarity and all of these things. And honestly, like, you know, I appreciated that mm-hmm. like at the surface level, but it made me more frustrated because I felt like, where are you all going to be when like the going gets tough <laughs> and it's great to have solidarity, but like, but it, if people are not like, if people can't be there, like, I don't know if people can't appreciate the full extent of the challenges yeah. that, that like everyday people have to live through when your, your government is totally unstable, then like, you know, then don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if that's a good way to think about it, but it, it was just, um, well, it's still something I think about. Yeah. At what point do we turn the, do we tune off and say, <laughs> I have to take care of myself? Yeah. Cause I think the other thing is like, uh, I mean, after my brother was free, I completely disconnected with the Venezuela situation yeah. for like a year and a half. Granted, I had a new baby, so I had other priorities. Yeah, of course. But that's because I also had the privilege to do that. Mm-hmm. Had I been in Venezuela, yeah. I would not have that. I mean, I, would have, I couldn't turn things off. And I think in some ways, a lot of people in this community of change makers perhaps had an experience that led them to this. But then many of us have a certain level of privilege mm-hmm. in, in different, whatever, however you want to define that. Mm-hmm. And we are able to kind of come in and out of that. Exactly. Uh, which is again, I think it's we need to kind of do that for self care, mm-hmm. but it all it's, it's a struggle too. Like you know, like am I being? Could I do more? Mm-hmm. You know, like am I? Is it? Is it? I don't know. I, I also struggle with that kind of to some degree. And at the end of the day, like what I tell myself to rationalize, you know, to be able to sleep yeah. and say it's like I'm doing the best I can, exactly, given where I am, and yeah. you know, uh, I'm trying to change my little corner of, of the interactions that I have with people mm-hmm. and. Now, is that enough? I mean, I, I always hate that question. Is yeah. it like, because, but the thing is, there's so much urgency, right? Exactly. But then, and it never feels but like But you can't enough. always like be running on urgent yes. as a human being. Because you just burn out. <laughs> You're just, yeah. And exactly. this, this space is filled with, you know, people that get burned out. And we yeah. need, this is a marathon. We need each, we need to be able to support each other and just self-care. I'm so glad you say that because like, if there's one piece of advice I would tell my 20 year old self uh-huh. looking back, it's basically this, right? That, um, even even though like a big part of my identity has to do with seeing myself as a social change maker and like you know committing my career and my life to hopefully having positive change on the lives of others um it's a marathon like you say and it's it it took me a long time to eventually realize that me you know overextending myself is doing a disservice to the mission that i'm so passionate about right when i listen to people and when we listen to each other we're these spaces we're able to connect at this heart level Mm -hmm. And I think that's to me the foundation of any social change. Uh, yeah. And I don't think we do that enough, even in summits like this one. You know, there's a lot of brain intellect yeah. policy, but the heart, I mean, and there are moments peak here and there. Yeah. But I think, how do we do more to really slow down? Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite quotes, and going back to give the marathon, you know, mm-hmm. this is a collective marathon, mm-hmm. it's not an individual one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, an Afri- there's some batons being passed, the oh, whole thing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But there's an African proverb that says, you know, to go fast, go alone, mm-hmm. to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need to go together, and that means also perhaps not going as fast as we would like to. Yeah.